0: Have you ever wondered who is better, Journey or Survivor? More than likely, the answer is no, but that's today's topic. So imagine, if you will, the answer to the following What's better, apples or oranges? Clearly, it should be cherries, but who knows what a crew like ours would come up with. Are you intrigued? Have we piqued your interest? No. Oh, well, please don't go. You've come this far. I mean, what else have you got to do with your time anyway? Look, it's really not going to take that long. Okay. Enjoy.
1: Well, thank you. Well, you know, we we appreciate you. We've been trying to, uh, you know, we've been on hiatus from the podcast, from Who Asked asked For This Anyway, for quite a while. But we've been trying to sign you for quite a while. So I'm glad our our, our legal representation was able to find a middle ground. Right. We we came to terms, finally.
2: Uh, You know, in many respects, Chris, we're looking to you as a subject matter expert, right? Uh, A a music professional. Uh, There are some scores that we need to settle. There's a variety of topics that we want to get to. I don't want to jump right into it, but Dan, but... uh, But he
1: is is a true... Donahue is a true music aficionado. I I will stipulate that as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Peter...
1: Peter uh, is, 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 is a, an aficionado as well. Look, he's got a guitar. So, I mean, he must. Uh... And so, Dan, what are we? Like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is my credential right here. There you go. <laughs> my credential. <laughs> I also, and I don't know why I know this. I know all of the original members of Journey. I have no idea why this knowledge is in my brain because I'm not a Journey fan. But I know you want to get to this, but. Oh, wait, but why but somehow, but somehow you know. I can tell you, yes. Ross Avery on the bass, Steve uh-huh. Smith on drums, Greg Roll or Greg Rowley keyboards. And of course, Neil Schoen on guitar. And one yeah. thing, I know that Greg Roll, was it Greg Roll or Greg Rowley? Do you know, Chris? I don't, I've never heard his name pronounced.
3: I, I don't know, Chris because uh, I was not a Journey fan either, necessarily. No. A couple of songs I was well aware of wasn't, but I didn't follow them closely. That was uh, in a Rush, yes, King Crimson, uh, and, and a bunch of you know uh, Brit bands at that time. Right. So, what but I, yeah. What you were but you're saying, I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say Greg Roll, previous to being in Journey, uh, the, the keyboardist, was, and this is before Jonathan Kane came on board uh, right. later on. W- why I know him, I don't know either. But <laughs> Greg Roll was in. Um, played with Carlos Santana, and he sang lead on Black Magic Woman. Just a little... No kidding. Thing, little background yeah. there. hmm somebody, yeah.
2: somebody has done his homework,
0: yes. No, no, no. This is what I'm saying. I did no homework, and oh, I so know you, this. You just,
2: this is, you just know this.
0: I know this, and I shouldn't know this.
1: Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a way to forget it at this point. I think you, it's just with you, you know? I, I, it is at this point. So. But Tommy, you or uh, was rush one of your first concerts i think so right it was
2: my aunt therese took uh my brother and i and my two cousins to the moving pictures tour wow uh, at nassau coliseum i i That's i it up. it's got to be 1980 early 80s right i mean uh yep yeah, yeah. and uh for whatever reason, I, the opening band was Rory Gallagher. Rory Gallagher, yes! Wow. I, I yeah. imagine you, the two of you would know who that is. Yeah. I, I don't remember a second of it, but I've never forgotten that
0: for some reason. That's a oh. weird mix. Those oh, two well, I was going to say,
1: I don't know him. Is, he, is is it not a mix you would have uh, planned on to open for Rush? Irish, uh, electric
0: blues, uh-huh. th- kind of like Clapton-y, kind of Hendrixy. Right. There's really not a lot... Thank you. Oh, I, I like that, Tom. I like that. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Sorry. Right. I That's like only, that it's like my prop comic. Sorry. Tommy, is that your first show, or was that Kiss? Uh,
2: Kiss in, like, 78. Uh, no, that, I would have wow. been only, really, I would have been seven. Late 70s, <laughs> my father took my brother and I to Kiss, full wow. makeup, Madison Square Garden. It was the loudest, craziest thing I had ever, ever seen. You, but, your brother, and
1: father were all in full makeup? yes
3: uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> was Here's this the, were they still love, in makeup they, they were universe?
2: they were it was like yeah. i don't know uh, uh it was, late late 70s uh, yeah it, it wasn't
0: when, until i think 84 i think hot in the shade when they took off the makeup i yeah. saw the
3: tour, but unmasked i think was the tour that was after that and it was the first one they were where they were out of makeup but i might have that wrong
0: that is a misnomer
3: unmasked
0: uh-huh. Unmasked was not, even though it's called Unmasked, they didn't take their makeup off. And I think Peter, that was Peter Chris's last album with, because he left in 80. I think it was 80. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. they did Songs from the Elder. Why I know all this crap, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you been studying since you've been in quarantine, Peter? Is no, this, this, is this is just,
0: <laughs> this is stuff that's lodged in my brain and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I know this stuff. I wish I didn't.
1: Peter, what, for your first concert was what?
0: My first concert was my friend, got, my friend got tickets to Rockland Community College in, in uh, wherever that is, Rockland, New, New York, but uh, Billy mm-hmm. Joel in 76. Billy Joel was running the turnstiles era. Oh. Can't say nice. I really cared for it. So, you know, the, you,
2: first, it was a disappointment? <laughs> is that what you're
0: saying? It wasn't really my thing. I didn't know what I was getting. You know what, I just wanted to go to a concert. So he said, I've got tickets to Billy Joel. I didn't know anything about him. Um, and like I said, Turnstile, so what are we singing? Captain Jack, I don't know. Captain Jack was already out, right? Um, I, that's the one I knew. The uh, Piano Man was out too, maybe?
3: Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Do people yeah. in your school or in your family have Billy Joel stories, you know, since he was a Long Islander? Uh, no, but it, he was very important to us, certainly, as like Levittown,
2: Hicksfield guys. You know, a I I, 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 like, New Bruce. York version of Bruce,
1: basically, right? Yeah.
2: I, I, there was no small measure of pride that we hung out at the West Village Green, and in scenes for an Italian restaurant, like, he's talking about the Village Green, and like, you know, the hundreds of beers that we drank as kids there, uh, yeah. you know, was, right. was very bonding, you know, uh, or connected us to him.
1: And, and I think the most underrated Billy Joel song is uh, from the uh, Easy Money from the soundtrack of the Rodney Dangerfield film. Uh, You've long held that opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But he won't play that in concert. I don't understand. Uh, (laughs) None of the
2: letters have helped at all that you've (laughs) written?
3: The hundreds
1: of letters you've sent. (laughs) It's like we saw, I took my wife to see the Eagles last year, uh, and we weren't huge Eagles fans, uh, Mm -hmm. but she really got into them after watching the two-part documentary that was on, I think it was Netflix, right, for the Eagles? Like the
0: yes. four. yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was even it was very long. I know that. Yeah, but it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And Glenn Fry's <laughs>
3: son
1: is playing with them now.
3: Yes. yes oh, he is. And, it's, like, it's like
2: Van Halen, you know,
1: or you know. right. But but uh, so then they have a part where Joe Walsh does one of his songs that's not an Eagle song. Henley does one that's not an Eagle song. And I'm just waiting for them to let Fry Jr. do the heat is on. And I'm like, this <laughs> is gonna be so great. And then they don't do it. You know, it's like, whatever. That's disappointing. Donahue, you're, uh, your first concert, my man. What, uh, what was it? James Taylor, Central Park, 1977.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. Really? That's something Tom can relate to. Donahue,
2: you've always been a JT guy. I have been. What brought you to that show, Chris? Uh,
3: uh, my Aunt Margie. And uh, actually, my Aunt Margie had a friend also named Margie. Huge music fan and very formative, uh, or uh, very influential in my own music evolution. The, the uh, bands and albums she exposed me to, and I think I can't remember if we went with Margie, her, my uh, my aunt Margie, or the other Margie. But anyway, yeah. I remember much of it aside from the size of the crowd, yeah, because I crowd assembled in se- Central Park at large, oh, and okay. I also played Millworker, which which um, I, I actually uh, play for. For my job these days, once in a while. So, um, really? so yeah, it was really cool to connect back to that first concert there. And then it was after that. It was I think it was Kiss. Uh, uh-huh. that, uh, uh-huh. when, you, when you mentioned
2: millworker, are you talking about the song Millworker?
3: Yeah,
2: uh, which was from Working, right? Or, or Flame? Remember, I I, don't... I think he I think he, he wrote three or four songs for the Studs triple musical called Working, and
1: Millworker uh-huh. was one of them. Great song. Yeah, beautiful song. Yeah. Was that the first, would that have been the first Central Park show or would it have been Simon and
3: Garfunkel? Or w- w- did they I, do one before that? I think this was after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven. I don't have a, uh, I don't know what year the Simon and Garfunkel show was, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, hmm. I mean.
1: But but Donahue, you, you're saying, you, it was, it, that show is the first show and then, um, cause you know, obviously you ha- went on to make a, you know, a great career out of being a musician. So it was, do you think though, it was from the albums that you, like you said, that you were exposed to from an early age by your aunt and that, you, you think that's probably the influence at a young age for the direction that you chose?
3: Well, my aunt Margie's friend, Margie, her name, her, her friend's name was Margie Mariah. So we'll talk about Margie Mariah. Margie Mariah gave, gave me my first police album. Mm. He was the one that took us uh, to see KISS at NASA's yeah. oh, You were just talking about, um, uh, what else did she give me? The Knack, uh, <laughs> which, you oh, know, awesome. well, yeah. I mean, they
0: were incredible. They Sylvia. were. They were incredible. The, Weren't they, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Chris, to interrupt. Weren't they, they were all studio guys, right? They had.
3: I'm not sure, but I, uh, I remember them all playing Rickenbackers. And I, and they I. did. Familiar really with the Rickenbacker through Getty Lee and Chris Squire so it's like you know, a, a, an all Rickenbacker band. It's mean, uh, beatlesque in that way with the Rickenbackers, you know, and birds, right? At the same time when, when Blondie was still more of a rock band before they yeah. saw rock pop, you know, and uh, there was just lots of energy and aggression in, in, uh, in that music at that time. So.
1: Isn't it amazing though, right? You need that, that w- no matter, uh, and it doesn't always work, doesn't always take, but that one person at a young age to kind of expose you to this oh. kind of new world and, and look at the
3: effect it has. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. it's, it's wild. I have my, and my cousins were, were uh, played a large role in, in my musical development also. Was Brendan, who, uh, Brendan's older brother, Tommy, and, uh, the legendary Tommy Connor.
0: <laughs> of right, really.
3: Banana. All, all the Connor family. You know, Hendrix, Skinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh-huh. My aunt Margie's uh, kids, my cousins, the Avrils were my gateway to the Who. Uh-huh. And, um, uh Gosh, a lot of a lot of Beatles stuff that I hadn't heard in my own home. My dad yeah. had a couple. But, but the Avril family, were, they were deep cuts uh, people. And so, um, so yeah, I, had a, I was getting fed a lot of great stuff. I was lucky. I didn't, of course, realize it at the time, but uh, um, exposed to a lot of different things. Uh-oh. We've frozen. Why am I just seeing me? And over, got old,
1: you know. uh, To hear those, even if you hear a song today, and I don't think there's anything like that. Like me and Tommy were saying, there's sports, comedy, you know, food to an extent, but but music. Those are probably the four if you're looking to you know have tied things together, tie people together. But but music always stands out just a little bit more in that a song could take you back to a time. you know just like that uh and it's 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 really uh it's
3: it's unbelievable it really is yeah, yeah a lot of sense and, and a lot of music go back and listen to it I like um synchronicity mm-hmm. um it doesn't there, hold up there are a few dated sounds on there but i tell you man that that record's timeless and um the first sabbath record yeah you uh, also recently again it's just like you know we we perceive it um as as uh, uh, uh being a product of his age so we allow for that when we're listening to it but it's but the writing the compositions are playing it's like and and what i realized it like few 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 bands do that anymore. Yeah, uh, it's with real we're playing interaction, musicianship, and and just a, a rawness to it. Not not that it's not out there, but certainly in the in the realm of pop music or stuff we would all be exposed to. It's not as common. Uh, uh, it's much more rare to come across that now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. How old were you when you did your uh, played your first gig?
3: Oh, I was probably 17 or 18 wow. before I think that, yeah, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18. <laughs> maybe 19. I think I played, yeah. February, I played in February's in, in Elmont, February's in Elmont. Oh, sure, an- I remember. I don't think I've been there, but I knew of
2: that place. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's two things of note about February's. it was, um, one block from my friend Sal's house.
2: Uh huh.
3: It's on Hempstead Turnpike, and it's a block from the Getty Station, where <laughs> after their um, Sal lived behind the Getty Station that was on Hempstead Turnpike, <laughs> and after Twisted Sister sort of came apart, and people were, they were all, all the members were doing other things. Mark Mendoza was the tow truck driver for this Getty Station. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. On Hempstead Turnpike, a block away from February's. Right. <laughs> Wow,
2: so, that's wild yeah. what about um my father's place did you ever
3: play there no so I, know, was I've never even been there but I sure right. remember it from uh L.A.R. Um, yeah yeah and uh all the you know hearing the ads on the radio
2: right 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 like what about the good rats did they get into your uh, uh
3: I wouldn't know I wouldn't have known them, but I you hear you heard about them all the time
2: yeah 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 it's funny right, yeah yeah uh-huh.
1: You tell me, how old was your brother when
3: he started playing gigs?
2: Uh, in high school age? Yeah, battle in the bands, you know. Uh, so middle, you know, middle of high school, doing like, you know, uh, he had like a, and it's funny. Like I saw his band, you know, he's a police officer, and I saw band his band play net, uh, three weeks ago, just prior to this all going sideways. Uh, And he's still playing with the drummer that he played with in in seventh grade. He's been gigging with this guy for 40 years, man. It's just unbelievable. Almost 40 years.
1: How great is that?
2: Really, really great. Uh, It's like a, you know, friendship like we all have, you know? uh, Yeah.
1: Really special Mm -hmm. stuff. Well, well, the first time we hung out with Donahue, now correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, this was a Christmas party you had. I'm going to say, what, eight, nine years ago, 10 years ago, somewhere around there. That sounds right. I thought that we passed the cello around. Oh, That's right.
3: <laughs> oh, we stood okay. up. Like, cello. Back
1: to the thing. <laughs> and, and we knew, and, and uh, Peter, you certainly remember that night. Uh, I don't. I, I. Yes. Don't worry. We, we won't go down that road. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> but you were nice enough to give Donahue a ride back to the city. Bye. Oh.
0: Yes, okay. I, I'm really we'll leave, we'll leave
1: that there, I think. You know? Well, I am leaving that there, but I was going to say, when Di- we knew...
0: Uh, what happens was- at Tom's house, stays at Tom's house.
1: <laughs> well, we knew you know, Chris was, uh, he kid. was Brendan's cousin, but Brendan was out in LA uh, on this same night. I think he was at an ER Christmas party, the TV show ER with uh, some <laughs> of our other friends. Right, uh, His oh, Hollywood sorry. friends. Yeah, and by the way, I'm sure they had a great time, but it was not better than the time we were having. Oh, right? no,
0: no, that was a time.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. me and Donahue started talking, and I think in the first, I don't know how it came up, but I know he brought it up. In the first 10 minutes, somehow, he mentioned to me that he was a huge fan of the movie Night Shift with uh, Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler. And I was like, oh, this is my guy right here. Let's, let's have a drink, let's
3: settle down. This Is we probably talked about night shift for a half hour, just um, yeah, and and uh, it holds up, <laughs> <laughs> not the part, not the part
1: of that, but them working in a morgue and pimps. That's uh-huh. that's clearly dated that part of this. Uh uh-huh. the exploitation <laughs> of uh, women is that,
2: yeah, today, yes. in a, you think in that's awareness? good. <laughs> We'll do it all again.
0: Let's take it. Okay, so Peter's cooking. What is that? Salmon. We got some salmon here. I'm letting it thaw out. (laughs) Uh-huh. Heat your skillet first. Get the skillet. Get the salmon to room temperature because if a cold piece of salmon hits the skillet, it's going to curl up on the ends, and you don't
1: want that. You don't want the the salmon curling.
0: Any uh, any side dishes uh, in the great great question. And, and as we said, you know, we've said many times, use fresh ingredients, local ingredients. But this this is what came fresh and local from my supermarket. So i right these canned potatoes. I believe you called them moons when you were younger. And they certainly do look like little moons. Oh, That's true. Moon. It's true. I'm going to cut them. So I'll take them in a pan. Rosemary, garlic, uh-huh. a little cayenne. One of, one of my little sacred ingredients. Pinch. And remember, just...
2: You know, Peter, th- th- Peter, this isn't Spain. We don't eat at 1030 at night. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's downtown, it? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is different. What is that? Is it a kale? Let me guess. Or these
0: are, no, these are, this is just fro- again frozen spinach because you know I'm uh, uh-huh. so I'm just letting it thaw out a little bit. Go saute
4: this olive oil, garlic again. I'm leaving. It was nice <laughs> seeing you guys. Brendan <laughs> Connor is Aaron joined. my cousin Chris.
3: What hey. do you say? Look at this. The family's back together again. Beautiful. <laughs>
4: how are you chris hey chris oh,
3: yeah
2: okay okay
4: <laughs> i'm surprised you made it for another session <laughs> it was touch and go for a while i think
1: yeah.
3: what's it, they, what's, they used to kick around our family uh, you know the gay paradise
4: <laughs> <laughs> exactly what what is peter doing peter looks like he's like the uh the chef at like a like a sleepaway camp or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, if this quarantine goes on another month, this is what the Food Network will look like. Peter will have like the nine o'clock slot on a Thursday. You, <laughs> let me recap
0: quickly. This is just for bread. Yeah, show sure, everybody. We have some salmon. So I'm th- and and Chris too. Just they're frozen. Normally I use fresh. Of course, you go to your local food yeah. uh, fishmonger. Yeah. Letting these thaw out. They're almost at room temperature now. A little salt and pepper on top. I, a pinch of cayenne. And then I'm going to put it on a nice hot skillet. So we've got that side dishes. I'm working with canned potatoes tonight. But of course, as we've m- discussed many times, you could just take these, saute them in a pan.
4: A, a little garlic, cayenne, rosemary. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you've heard
0: this all before.
4: What the hell is this? I could be spending time with my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guys, this is this is the episode of Seinfeld when Kramer has the Merv Griffin episode, and Newman's talking about the vegetables that he buys. We should shut down and retool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter, Brendan, we, should we? Uh, we we should catch Brendan up uh, well, on. We, we've went, covered a lot, get, really. Should we? I, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, we can also just
1: be forward
2: looking, right? I mean, like that's another way to approach it.
0: Yes. I think we should forget any of that other stuff that <laughs> ever happened. Just right. As we were discussing about Tiger King. And,
2: and we- I do give Chris credit for coming back. I mean, I really... It's, uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, what it's how else is he doing? <laughs> 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 okay. Peter, I have a question, though, for Peter. Yes. Yes, uh, go ahead, Daniel. That's a non-stick skill. Are you uh, doing uh, butter and coconut oil, or are you just... This, this stone, you know what, I just use a little
0: bit of uh, olive oil in here.
2: Just a little olive oil, okay.
0: That's all I use. It's Thank you. A little, a little splash of olive oil. Yep.
1: Copy that. All right. Brendan, we've covered James Taylor in Central Park. We've covered Tiger King. We've covered Night Shift, uh, Rush, and now uh, Peter Salmon. So uh, it's it's been an eventful pod, I have to say.
4: I think P- Peter's Salmon is my favorite band out of all of
0: <laughs> You know, that second album wasn't so good though, I guess. <laughs> right. a little a little
2: more of a third album band. There. Classic yeah. sophomore slump, you know.
4: Exactly. Chris, Chris, do you use olive oil or are you, do you use a different uh, Well, coconut
3: butter in the nonstick skillet, but in the uh, cast iron skillet, yeah, olive oil and butter, and sometimes olive oil in the nonstick. Yeah. But coconut oil is good. I smoke point.
0: I like it. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Smoke Seat. It's, it's speaking
3: awesome. of high smoke point. <laughs> I did,
1: didn't I think didn't Jimmy Iovine produce Peter Salmon's third record? Which I, <laughs> I if, if memory serves.
4: It was their comeback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I collaborated with Desmond Child on a lot of the writing.
3: <laughs> I have I have stories about both those guys, or at least anic- brief anecdotes. The Jimmy oh. Iovine friend of mine was in a very successful band, and still is. Actually, I think they're doing a new record. It's been a while, but but uh, he had a meeting with Jim. <laughs> Sweep them up back when, and and um, I, I asked him a- about how it went, and he said, "Man, he brought us into his hotel room, and I, man, that guy's the devil." <laughs> really. <laughs> Well, did you ever see cool hunters? Well, there's, it's, it's, it's been a while. This was a frontline special years ago about, um, about, uh, how companies, networks will hire young people, red track, um, and, and look into, so a cool hunter would be someone who like, let's say they, they pay a couple of high school kids to tell the company what their friends are wearing, what's in their closet. Mm-hmm. Because and then it would end up in Urban Outfitters about six months later. By the time, of course, really? everyone had moved on. Yeah, so this is an episode, and they were whole music uh, 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 aspect too, that they cover in the special. And huh. Jimmy Iovine's in there too, and yeah, he's you know with respect. He's a he's a hard headed businessman. He gets he gets shit done, but. Uh, yeah but uh, he's intimidating too. There was a
2: great doc, great doc a couple of years ago on, on him and uh, Dr. Dre, right? Uh, yeah. there was four parts.
1: To the four HBO. The, it was yeah. four, the four, four nights in a row, right? That one?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Fascinating stuff. Uh,
4: that was great. Chris, to that, uh, I, I didn't see that documentary, Chris, but um, I remember Frank Zappa was interviewed about that very sort of thing, and he said that once the record companies started doing that stuff, it was sort of the death of the record companies, he said, because when it was all, like, old guys in suits with cigars, he said mm-hmm. they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Mm-hmm. So they said, eh, what the hell? I'll give it a try. i yeah. give it another try, too. Who knows? And, you know, that's how you got, like, Billy Joel, who made, like, five albums before anyone ever heard of him, you know. Yeah. But he said once once they got – and I don't know if this is how how accurate this is, but once they started bringing on these long hairs, as mm-hmm. Frank Zappa <laughs> called them, he, he said um, th- those guys were much more quick to judge or much more... They, they, they acted like they knew what they were talking about, whereas <laughs> the older suits knew nothing and didn't act like they knew anything.
3: <laughs> well, and then they, there's this documentary also talks about how... take Limp I think they used Limp Biscuit as an example. The band was completely prefabricated and assembled by MTV, specifically to sell product, including albums, and then pushed on MTV. Yeah. Um just come out of nowhere. It was not a band in the organic sense that most bands develop. It was completely together as a marketing tool. Like the monkeys. What people were responding to at the time. Um, so and that's the world we live in now, obviously, you know, with exception of course, but but
4: Although uh-huh. well, Peter was a huge Limp Bizkit fan, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Fred Durst. He's the boy. Give me to I think <laughs> Peter's making Limp Bizkit tomorrow night,
0: too,
3: Peter. Is that true? I was going to
0: say, the Golden Cobra Man, that's just one of my favorite. You know, panty it's stiff, not, a, yeah, yeah,
3: it's no comment on the quality of the music. It's just, um, you know, when you, you sort of strip away the veneer of like, well, I mean, and weren't the monkeys that way, too? Weren't they just put oh, together?
4: Yes. Sex uh, Pistols to a certain degree, right?
3: The Sex Pistols? <laughs> McLaren, yeah. Well, yeah, but it wasn't
0: like some master plan. I mean, they, they were put together, but it was like Steve Cook and Paul Jones were, were, were I just, I got, I got, didn't I, I just got reverse that. Steve, Steve Jones and Paul Cook were friends and they had played together before. And I think yeah. they knew Glenn Matlock, so they, they that, the, McLaren did like, bring Johnny Rotten on.
4: Okay, you're right, and I'm wrong. Is that you feel better? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying we're somewhere in the middle there. We're, okay. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. No, no, no. It's okay. You're right. You're right. You know how he gets when he's cooking, bro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> who was the other name that you mentioned there? Long. Uh, uh,
4: uh,
3: I said I had a quick anecdote about both those guys, and I can't remember oh. this.
0: It was Jimmy Iovine and the who? Who did I mention? Child. Oh, Desmond mm? Child, because he wrote. He co-wrote all his stuff for all these oh, yeah. bands. loving the yep.
4: Elevator, uh, a lot of Bon Jovi.
3: Yep, Kiss.
0: I knew yep. him, I was gonna say, I knew him earlier, but I I always knew that name. Desmond Child, he had a band called Desmond Child and Rouge that was never particularly successful.
4: Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then-, not, and then not, that, not that it matters, but he's uh, he's gay and he's very sort of, uh, he talks about that quite a bit. I saw an interview with him.
3: Well, he, he um, he's around nashville a lot and we see him once in a while we go to the church that we've um that we've um, attended for some years and uh desmond shows up with his partner yeah and he's still he's still out there hustling doing thing. awesome Again.
4: i mean what's a guy like that worth you think i mean he wrote love in an elevator he wrote um living on a prayer i think i mean he wrote oh, yeah. like a giant giant era defining hits
3: yeah I think the term that comes to mind is, fuck you, money.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sounds really nice.
4: That sounds
1: lovely. Right.
4: <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny, though, like, like, uh, uh, to that, I was uh, reading about, boy, I can tell you I've, I've had none of the time. But I was reading about, like, Stone Temple pilots mm-hmm. who, you know, again, were giant, a giant sure. act. Mm-hmm. And their lead singer died. And now they're going uh, well, out with, like, um, some American Idol guy and playing, like, you know, uh, Mulcahy's. <laughs> really? And I'm like, why? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine it's money. Like,
0: I don't know. Well, they went away for a while. Then the DeLeo brothers came back with talk, a band called Talk Show. Yeah. And then they brought back Stone Temple Pilots because they realized, you know what? No one wants to see Talk Show, and that's why we're playing Mulca- Mulcahy's. Well, I would guess, and that now we can go out and play the, in this, these summer tours and make millions of dollars because now all these bands can come out and you know they've come back and they're able to do that and just replace, you know, because at this point all those bands, you know, that lost their lead singer, you uh, have uh, Alice in Chains, you know, they got somebody else and they Journey, you know, as a matter of fact, Journey. That's a I saw that. That's a great documentary. You've seen that, right? All guess to
3: people. a young lead singer. Yeah. Survive. What you say? Survivor. Have they done that, too? They've done it, too. He lives in Nashville. He's 22 years old. His name is, uh, what's his name? I pulled it up on the Internet here a minute ago.
2: Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. He'll actually be calling in in a moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dear,
3: you could go over the salmon with him again. Oh, <laughs> sorry if I spoiled it. Cameron Barton. Um, Wait, he is, he is, the, he's, tw- he's with them now? He's the new Survivor lead singer. Now, they had a gig, I see on their website, they had a gig booked on June 1st at Epcot. I think we can all agree that's up in the air. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, I looked at his Instagram page, too, and there are many videos of him singing, and he's amazing. Wow. Um, but, this is great news. Uh, <laughs> I, now, I don't know how recently this happened, because that he got that gig because he's only got 149 followers. Wow. <laughs> no, he, he About five years ago. <laughs> and he's only uploaded nine posts. So maybe he's just, you know, catching. Um, but boy, the voice is there. He's killer.
4: Wow. Outstanding. Yeah. Wow. Did, you see this, did you see this documentary about, uh, I think it was about Quiet Riot, I think, and it was about their search for a replacement lead singer, mm-hmm. and there's one, there's one guy who like has done. He was like the lead singer of Quiet Riot. He was the lead singer of Warrant. He was the lead singer of, uh, 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 you know, Queensrÿche. I don't like, right? You name it. He he played with them for like five tours, but at one point the guy in, uh, they, they find a guy <laughs> to front Quiet Riot who sounds exactly like the original guy yeah and the problem was he was like a uh, like a raging alcoholic he looked like he looked like me with a mullet (laughs) (laughs) and he was like uh you know he installed cable for a living or something right (laughs) but it was like if you close your eyes it was like you're listening to the original guy and they but they brought him on tour and he just couldn't Hold it he, together. He, he, oh, I see. So they got they went and got that guy that everyone plays with everybody. It's uh, uh well... That's it's, kind it's, of sad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think?
1: Well, well, here's the thing. I, f- this is a perfect lead into, uh, uh... Brendan, we talked about the time first hanging with Donahue, and then it came to, probably three years later, uh, when we we're working on those short films, and uh, and Chris was nice enough to come and yeah. create some uh, original music for us, which was outstanding. Um, and and somehow or another, I had brought up to him the debate me and Tommy have had for years: who's better, Survivor or Journey? And the two things I'll remember are, and Chris, correct me on number one if I, I'm wrong, but I believe you had gotten into a similar disagreement. Was it possibly your wife? I'm not sure yes. <laughs> and, and number two, you had said a statement that I am was ready to sign off then and now to say journeys more talented, but survivor rocks harder.
4: That's
1: set to me is a middle ground. Tommy wasn't willing to do that and the whole deal blew up but um, but Chris why? Why did you and your wife get into that disagreement, if I may ask? How did that come up, or did it just come up
3: like it came up with me and Tommy? It started off as some bullshit Facebook post <laughs> about, I don't know, uh, I don't know. recall who started it, this was obviously, but what was interesting to me, we we were having fun with it going back and forth about, about Steve Perry as a vocalist, and it isn't that I think Steve Perry isn't a very t- it's that I just don't care for his voice. There's a, there's a certain thinness to it. Mm-hmm. I could go down the list. Off.
2: Everybody should stop nodding along
3: with Chris. <laughs> 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 and it's a, it's a matter of taste. It's fine. It's yes. fine. And yes, I totally agree that musically, mm-hmm. um, brilliant players, and they were mixing it up. They were, I didn't realize Journey was a Bay Area band. You know, I did some reading on, a, on them today, just thinking about this or wanting to learn a little bit more about journey than i did <laughs> awesome. in the bay area in the early 70s so it was a lot of a lot yeah, of talent they, that-
4: don't they have connections to santana
3: yes yeah mm-hmm. um
0: we've covered this already brendan we have covered
3: it uh and, in, in but, part one but, yeah yeah if I ever rocked harder um and in terms of rock vocalists mm. uh, I just thought the singer from Survivor had a much more open sound, a tougher sound. Yeah. I responded to. Yeah, but uh, I, in, I agree. Terms of,
2: in terms of music legacy, are there people out there clamoring for Survivor in a way that journey has had an impact?
4: Uh well, you know, locally? Tom, we're we're not all we're not all swayed by the popular opinion like you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're a bit more of it. It for, of I'm sorry. Who's
1: clamoring for Journey today specifically?
4: People. <laughs> not, Tom, Tom, not to interrupt you, not to interrupt you, but you know the four of us monkeys could have opinions on um, what band is better and so forth. And Chris, yes, musically, like, right. Look,
2: well, that's true. Uh, Brendan, not to interrupt, but uh, the way we sort of set this up is that, l- listen, w- w- I'm, I'm more than happy to defer to Chris and Peter in a sec- secondary position as muse- as subject matter experts in this regard, right? Uh, so, you know, uh, it's like, you know, it, Chris is the judge, in effect. So I- I'm, I'm game here, but,
1: uh, you know, I'll leave it at it's so much so oh. that me and Tommy, at one point, were going to come up with a uh, pitching lineup, if it was a World Series matchup. Uh, and then earlier today, Tommy called me to see if we were still doing it and wanted to know my lineup. I was like, wait, what? Come up <laughs> with your own damn, you know,
4: uh, who's starting game one. Like music, musically, Chris, what are we talking about here?
3: In terms of the singers, you mean, or I'm...
4: I, I say the, the, the composition, um, the execution of the recorded songs, uh, is there a complexity well, that one has that one doesn't?
3: Let's separate the music from the production. <laughs> so Journey's music was uh, uh, leveled up a bit more than Survivor's was. Um, however, I did not care for Journey's production, so <laughs> the show, the verbs, you know, there's just the sound of the this great big wash sort of thing. a Survivor, <laughs> what I remember of, from listening to Survivor's songs mm. is that you heard some separation, like there was some air in it. You know, you got the sense of God in the room. With Journey, you had more of this, this wall of sound, to borrow that.
0: Uh, yeah. Account. Also, Chris, another thing about production, listen to Journey in the 70s and in the 80s. 80s production was, to me, like a lot more gated, drum sounds, that a lot more reverb, a lot more yeah. of those kind of those kind of cheesy keyboards, you know, that, that tended to be, you know, like the FM synthesis keyboards and all that bullshit, you know, much too bright and busy. But they could play. Mm-hmm. That's that's production. I mean, and then Journey were more of a rock band, straight ahead rock band. So you know.
3: Yeah. I don't I am not as familiar with early journey. I only really uh, know the songs that everyone else knows. I know right. I never Wheel in the sky, man. Wheel in the sky.
4: Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So when, now, what yeah. year did you.
1: when
4: did Perry I'm pointing leave? Pointing at you,
1: Brendan. I'm pointing at you. No, no. Did Perry leave what eighties? Hmm. The lead singer Journey. When does he leave? Uh, I think the end of the eighties, early nineties. Steve Perry
0: was in. He he joined in the mid seventies, so he was there, you know, for the glory years, but not the early. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, go ahead, you go ahead.
4: No, you go ahead. Chris, I was, were you finished with your, the production, the production values are one thing. But
3: we were talking specifically about, about singers and vocalists. And this is the online debate, public debate that Laura and I were having about Mm -hmm. Steve Perry as a rock singer. And I think of him as a pop singer, you know, who who sang with a rock band and how many people wanted to weigh in on this. Yeah. For, for me, the now, Jared, okay, so it's around the 70s, but by the time we were hearing these big hits that they had, yeah. this early 80s, right? Right. But just a few years before, if we're going to talk about rock vocalists of that era who could just tear your face off, I give you Paul Rogers. I give you Steve Walsh from Kansas. I give you Ronnie James Dio, even though he, well, he also sang in Kansas, as well as having his own, uh, you know, being a metal pioneer. Dio
4: sang <laughs> in Kansas?
3: Ronnie James Dio sang in Kansas? He did a record that's now, now that I've said it, I'm thinking he either sang with Kansas for a record or he sang on, no, you know what he did? He sang on Kerry Livgren's solo record. <laughs> okay, He sang a solo. cause I, I
0: remember Kerry Livgren. I think I, you're I, right about that. three Kansas albums. <laughs> What's that? I remember Kerry Livgren because he wasn't he the, the violinist from from no he was he was a singer. Yeah, I had their first three albums. so I, I knew. Yeah. I, was, I was gonna say Dio. The, the other guy, Paul rogers awesome as you mentioned.
3: Yeah, um, Kansas. Just um,
0: who else would I? Think?
3: Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. Those guys, those guys, to me defined that rock and roll vocal sound of the. Mid to late 70s.
2: hmm In terms of... Like, I, I don't even know a, the name of a person in Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: you know I Can't Hold Back, and you like that song. You told that to me privately. I
2: can't, oh, So I Can't Hold Back is, like, the equivalent of, like, open arms, right there, power ballad that, like... I Can't Hold Back. Now, come on.
1: Are you kidding me? Thankfully, maybe, right? Oh, or, uh, that. that. This apples and oranges, from my perspective. But,
3: but now, but you know the name of of, of a member of Survivor, Cameron Clark.
4: I <laughs> get that off.
3: <laughs> but he, here,
0: here, can I make one quick point? My my sense about Journey is, if I were doing a musical on Broadway, and it was about a a rock band, I would have a guy like Steve Perry be the front man for the. So it sounds like a musical theater guy okay. who sings in a rock
3: band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah now to give credit where credit is due is you have you guys seen the movie about Arnell Pineda joining the band
0: yes yeah it's good
3: how can you not love it I, I did I for him though I was getting a little pissed off at Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane, just like riding this guy's ass stop all right can you think about how intimidating it's got to be already for him this guy they pluck out of the Philippines yeah put him on a stage in front of 10,000 people right he's a- Nerves enough, and you've got Jonathan Kane back there micromanaging his vocal warm ups, and Neil Sean, like, gotta deliver, bro. To <laughs> keep, don't be nervous, but I'm just saying, you gotta deliver essentially. <laughs> right. Was, Fuck that.
0: Right. <laughs> thumbs down. down. Neil Sean, thumbs <laughs> down. Jonathan Kane, formerly of the Babies. Yeah, that's right. I met Neil Sean in a bar one
2: night.
1: I got his autograph.
2: Uh, that's the whole story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you actually had a piece of paper and a pen, and you walked and up. I to was in,
2: I was in a bar called Brews with Blake and her parents on, like, the east side, Midtown. And I said, Blake, holy shit, that's Neil Sean from Journey. I'm going to go introduce myself. Uh, and then he gave me an autograph, and he wrote "Journey 2000." So that's like, that's like about the year it was, I guess.
1: Uh, what, what was what was he ordering? What was he eating? Did you interrupt him eating? No, What's he was in the bar. It was a
2: calamari,
4: I guess, or uh... I uh, <laughs> I used to go to a bar in um, Los Angeles um, in my neighborhood. It was a lovely place, and Steve Perry would be there. Uh, I was I was nice enough to leave him alone and not. <laughs> well, I, didn't
2: to, I didn't go to his table he was leaving
0: so I thought it was an uh, okay moment <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
0: Did, do you guys remember the band HSAS I do Hager Sean right. Aronson and, and Samuel. I don't remember the last day. I know I don't remember the last S but they, they were supposed to be a super
4: group Sam yeah. Hager, you know, a terrible name right I never, I could never get into Sammy Hagar. I could never. No, he's, he's kind of
0: horrible, but he can sing.
4: Yeah, and he can still sing, too. I don't sing. know if you saw him on, he was on Howard Stern. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. And he with still Michael, has it. Michael Anthony.
2: Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've seen him recently on Diners, Drive-Ins, and uh, and whatever that
0: know, D is. Uh. Anyway. It's the same, it's, it's, it,
4: that D's off with the S right now. We don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. what they're doing. Again, why, like, why is Sammy Hagar on Dinah's Drivers, and Dive Like, does he need to oh, do God. this? No, I mean, he probably likes this show, right? He seems like an <laughs> affable man.
2: <laughs> Doesn't he? But listen, I don't think we've gotten to, like, the root of the issue here. Who's
1: <laughs> <laughs> the root? Journey or Survivor? Tommy, Peter just said hey, Sammy Hagar's affable. Now you want to you wanna go circle back? I think we're moved uh, I on. Actually, I don't disagree
4: with Peter for a second. I think you should <laughs> Tom, I think, I think we've drilled down on it quite a bit, and our special guest judge has ruled in favor yeah. of Survivor. Right. Well, but but ha- has that happened?
2: <laughs>
4: well, but, Tom,
1: in Tommy's world, people are clamoring for Journey in 2020. Can you name me three people who you know who are clamoring for them today?
2: Well, who, Who's clamoring for either I mean, Ben right now?
1: What? Well, that's
4: uh, sure. Well, I, but, but, but
2: who you has again. more of a more of a lasting legacy in the in the canon of pop music from the late twentieth century?
4: Oh God! Well, you sound you sound like a uh, like an old hippie that works for Rolling Stone magazine.
3: <laughs> I'd have to. Say, I'd have to say, like, a, like a Cameron Crow wannabe, right? Yeah. Chris, <laughs> what? But I'd have to. In fairness, I'd have to say Steve Perry. Uh, he he still is going to be the point of reference for that, for that genre at that time. No, because none of us can name a member of Survivor except for my neighbor here in Nashville. Um, <laughs> because
2: he's in the band,
3: right? He, yeah, but, but I mean, Steve Perry is, also he had the solo career and, and huge right. single, on own. So he's more of the, the known brand. I think, I think he has to win out in terms of overall influence and appeal. And if, you, and if you remember that movie, there are plenty of people. I don't happen to know any, but there are plenty of
4: people out there clamoring for journey.
3: They keep showing up.
4: Yes. No, no one that you know.
3: No one that I know.
4: <laughs> Chris, do you have an insight as to why um, Steve Perry seems like a very sort of secure, he doesn't seem like a drug person or like a, a nutcase. Why, why won't he get back together <laughs> with them? I, they, they, don't, they also don't seem to be feuding, necessarily. Like, is, it a, is he worried about his vocals?
3: I, I don't know. I think you just get tired of it. You, you want to yeah. go out and do your own thing, and you, you don't want to have to sing these songs anymore, and you, you want to just go your own way. I don't think there's anything uh, there's bad blood. I didn't get that sense from the movie, anyway.
0: Do you mean he wants to go his own separate way?
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> he, he's here all week, folks, as are we all. I think I think one of the guys that like quit Duran Duran said it best. He said like, he was like, I don't feel like playing Rio in Duluth, Minnesota on a Tuesday night anymore. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like that. Who's the uh, the drummer from the Heartbreakers? That guy, the pain in the
1: ass guy who left after yeah, nineteen like, years. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, who's the guy who took over? He could have. Hey,
4: what's up, Amanda? Hey.
1: What's going on? The guy who, who took over for him, Brendan, was that, that That guy could have been happier to be playing. With Chris,
4: that. what was his name? Uh, Walter DiCiccio or something? Ferroni? Yes. Ferroni, yes. Yes. What? This?
0: Huh? What? what band are you talking about? Uh, the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty. Oh, I no, I was talking about the guy in Duran Duran. I'm sorry, I was just back. Okay.
4: So, Chris, this is actually an interesting conversation. So, like, the, the drummer for Petty quits or leaves or whatever and gets fired. Stan Lynch. Stan Lynch. Yeah. And they they bring in um, well actually first of all, I think they he offered the gig to Dave Grohl. You know this story? Huh. Really? Yeah, like Dave Grohl played for him on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Honeybee. And beer. I think Grohl said like it was a few months after Kirk Cobain killed himself and he was right with nothing to do and he searching and and Petty after that, offered him the drumming gig in the Heartbreakers. He said, I really thought about this. But he, had, he hadn't put out the Foo Fighters album yet.
3: Mm-hmm. So, That's interesting. No, I
4: can't do it. I have to, I have to go down this road. Wow. Yeah. But, it okay. out Say again? It turned out well for him. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, so got the guy like Peroni... Like, mm-hmm. what's that like to go from, like, a session guy and, like, a touring musician to yeah. being offered a, a, a membership? He wasn't a touring guy. He was a member of the Heartbreakers.
3: Well, um, what, what's it like? What would I speculate that it's like in that situation? Well, he, for, I would refer you to some kind of monologue where Robert Trujillo gets that gig with Metallica. It's a great okay. moment. Un- I mean, you're so happy for the guy. So, and I'm looking at a picture of him right now because when we were talking about Sammy Hagar a moment ago, I, um, I was reminded that I played Sweetwater Music Hall in Marin County a, few, a couple of years ago, and I knew Bob Weir owned it. I didn't know that Sammy Hagar was a partner in the club also with Bob Weir. Right. Um, apparently, he owns a lot of re- Hagar owns a lot of real estate in the Bay Area too, in, mm-hmm. and his club. <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to confirm that and I pull up this water uh music hall website and Robert Trujillo's right there on the homepage. How funny is that? Just <laughs> wow. Um but uh yeah, I mean what it looks like for the rest of the like like um Robert Trujillo getting that gig in Metallica. That
4: is, is that some is that something like that a lot of dudes like in your position would jump at or is it, uh, would you have reservations about it or, you know?
3: It just all depends. You have to think about the longevity of it and and, um, whether it's a permanent thing and because otherwise you wind up losing momentum in your own, with your own career if you're looking to do your own thing or have the opportunity to play with a bunch of people Mm -hmm. uh, and keep things interesting. And you know what, if someone like in that situation, if you're going to become a millionaire on the spot by signing a piece of paper and going out and playing for thousands of people who love the music that you're playing, then I, I, I don't know what there is to think about. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you say no to that, right? You yeah. Do it for a year. Do it for yeah, one year. Exactly. If it's, if it's a, a limited engagement of, of a, year or so, or a year or two and you can come back, um, without losing too much momentum I think even if you don't love the music if you like it and you feel like you like the people because uh, there are plenty of jobs that I do that um you know everything works music's great people are great yeah um, and then there are some where the music's not so happening or not my thing but it's well done and I really like the people even if the money's not great also it's like we well, still um the, the sum of all parts right <laughs> well, the will still make it worth it.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah totally. Yeah. Um, so uh, interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Well, it's also right. I
1: mean, and that uh Donnie, did you ever see the Petty documentary? What was it? Running down in a dream? Is that the name of it? Um yeah. if, if you've never seen that one, that's another unbelievable. I think it's it's another three and a half hour one that's Peter uh Broncovich. yeah, 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 yeah. And when you really see in that is he is Petty's the link between like Dylan and Harrison and Grohl and like Eddie Vedder, right? I mean, he was playing with Harrison and, uh, and the Willberries, And then what, there was a part of that, Brennan, didn't they go out on tour with Dylan for like a year? Yeah. Um, a couple years. Yeah, but it didn't turn, it was just supposed to be a gig. To, you want to play, uh, you know, and then, uh, and, and they showed, like you said, uh, Grohl playing with him. And, and then, uh, Eddie Vedder and him doing, um, it was on the extras of that DVD was, um, the waiting. The waiting. Which is a, the best combo of, yeah,
4: uh, of, you know, Petty and somebody else that I've, maybe the best combo of any song I've ever heard. Well, in a way, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like what Chris was talking about for, for Petty, in that, like, Dylan yes. asks him to be his backing band, and it's like, you have to weigh. You know, I'm going to tell, Petty's probably going to put all of his, his stuff on hold, right. but it's fucking Dylan. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. yep yep
3: so so it's yeah, a lifetime and that that's for something when you're making those decisions that's yeah. true.
4: There's, a, there's an amazing video oh go ahead chris uh,
3: i have a bon jovi story
4: oh, <laughs> oh please two minutes and 41 seconds yeah Are you right? <laughs> keep going i'm
3: showing you my salmon here
4: <laughs> i don't care i want to hear the bon jovi story I,
3: you can do both it's just that I saw Bon Jovi in a, in a bar, uh, the Oak Bar in Nashville. The, um, we have a historic hotel here called the Hermitage Hotel and the Oak Bar is this very- It's, down, it's uh, downstairs, right? Is that where we had a drink? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, you step back in time going down there. Uh, coolest public restroom in Davidson County. When um, <laughs> I was down in this Oak Bar and saw Bon Jovi sitting there with uh, somebody and I, I'll admit he, he could have taken me home, We we appreciate your candor. He's he's a pretty dude.
4: Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to say? Yeah, great. You want to talk about a successful guy, my goodness. Right. Well, well, Tommy, uh,
1: do you, uh, I think this is finally closure on uh, Journey Journey and Survivor. Uh, Final thing I want to add here. Tommy, uh, two questions for you. Number one, you're such a big Steve Perry fan, so you like the song, Oh, Sherry? Is that fair, then, or no? Any way you want no, thank you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Any way you want we'll move on from that, but, Tommy, you... I, you're, I, do, I-, I do like that song, and I
2: remember Brendan's brother uh, watching the video with Brendan and his brother at his house saying, oh, Steve Perry plays the uh, uh, the... uh, like the broom
1: in this video. Here we go. And Tommy, to close out, for who asked for this anyway, didn't you play separate ways but you learned to play half the song? Isn't that right?
2: I know know between half and two-thirds of the song, yes. Okay. On the piano. I played it earlier today.
1: (laughs) But you didn't learn enough to finish the whole song. No, I do not know the whole song. (laughs) You would think think a huge Journey fan would, you know, put the time in to learn the whole song. No? I'm
4: not really well, a musician, right? But uh, so what have Chris, we learned, right? My so cousin we're... Chris could probably learn that song in four minutes. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I know this <laughs> <laughs>
2: <That's> fantastic.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll play that over the closing credits.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Peter, <laughs> this is great eating salmon music, isn't it? Right, right. there, that's just a piano. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs>
2: So who asked <laughs> for this anyway? Thank you, everyone. Nice to see you all. All right. guys. Rising
1: up.
4: Rising up.